Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red. Nottingham Forest defied expectations in the transfer market by getting Ibrahim Sangare and six others on Friday. The next day, they were 1-0 winners at Chelsea in what could be the most consequential 48 hours since winning promotion at Wembley. We'll discuss all that and much more in the company of, first of all, Reds legend Gary Bertels. Gary, good morning. You well? Good morning. Very well, thank you. Good, good. Good to have you with us, wherever you are. Al fresco again. Yeah. In the Surrey countryside, under a tree, on a park bench. Look out the people of Surrey. <laughs> Second guest is broadcaster Darren Fletcher. Fletcher with us for 30 minutes or so. Very grateful. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I'm just trying to think what people might think when they bump into cars in the in the woods. I'm just I'm just a bit concerned about it, I've got to be honest. Talking the wild man of the wood. <laughs> <laughs> also with us is I haven't even checked his sound. I hope this works. Mikey Clark, how are you? Yeah, I'm I'm great, thank you. Is this working all right? I'm on my phone today, but not under a tree, just on my phone. No, it is working. Good to have you with us. And finally, Greg Mitchell, not hungover, hopefully. How are you? Good, yeah. Drove on Saturday, so I've got a clear mind and uh, ready to go. Good. How's your, how's your new chair? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it just keeps lowering a little bit. I've got a few technical difficulties. Hey, remember, Matt, Fletcher's got to go, so why are you talking decor? Hang on, I, I will, I will. Just to say that Greg's wife, Laura, is not very happy with Greg for taking a chair off the street and she said it was trash and it's and it's going to drop throughout this podcast. He'll keep, if people wonder why he's raising and lowering, it's because Laura's always right. Right, we'll start with Greg, the long-suffering away fan who goes to all these away games, not like Mikey. Um, Greg, give us your thoughts on the match and then we'll go into lots of other stuff. It's been coming, hasn't it? We kept saying it's going to come. And you could tell in the atmosphere before the game, there was belief. Uh, brilliant away end. Great to see like so many people. And we just deserved it. We deserved it. We've deserved it. We deserved getting something all season away. And there was always that worry that it could go wrong, always against a big team like Chelsea. But thoroughly deserved it. Walking out the ground, Chelsea fans were agreeing with us. And it's it's just the beginning for me. We're going to get a few more of these. Um, so many heroes of the day, and we'll come on to a few of them. I do want to start talking about Joe Worrell. Uh, genuinely, like, heroic captain's performance after the week he'd had, uh, the death of his uncle, uh, Police Sergeant Graham Saville, dying in the line of duty. So I'm going to play a clip from Steve Cooper, and then we'll have a chat about Joe. But this was what the manager said after Joe, after the game. He's been incredible. I mean, I, I, I personally have known what was going on before it came to, 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 to public and um, um, he's he's put himself second for his family for the for the football club. I think the football club has helped him in terms of giving him a bit of a release. Um, guys just showed him a, a, a huge amount of respect in the dressing room after uh, in what he's been through. Um, and um, I cannot speak highly enough of of the man that he's been over the last uh, week or so. Um, so I know how important today will be for him, and it will give him and his family. Um, um, some some respite, you know, because there's nothing nothing can really um, you know make what happened any 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 better. But at least it gives them some some nice feelings for a short while. And um, yeah, like I said, I can't speak highly enough for Joe and what he's been through and his family. And like I said, a lot a lot of that result today was 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 for them. Um, Fletch Joe's had his detractors and doubters uh, probably throughout his career, but. When his for his career ends, what that might be the performance he's remembered for for what he delivered on the pitch, having such a rough week off it. Yeah, I don't think um, 
we could ever really begin to understand what him and his family have been through this week. Um, they're a very close family. They're a very tight-knit group. They're very supportive of each other. And it's hit them extremely hard beyond the words that I could use on here to describe it. But I think it tells you an awful lot about the individual, about the man, about what he's made of, about how he's put together, about why he's the captain of our club and about why he's held in such high regard and high esteem by everybody who knows him. And what I thought was particularly pleasing at the weekend, because I happen to think that Joe Worrell's a really good Premier League footballer and I think he gets criticised unnecessarily by a certain section unfairly. But it was great at the weekend to see the best of our fan base come together and react in the way that he needed, he would have wanted, but the way they should have done, because he was immense at the weekend. And he, he wasn't on his own. There are other performances too. And Joe would be the first to say, don't just make it about me, because there were big performances right the way through that team. But the way that he played, the way that he conducted himself, the way that he handles situations is, is the mark of him. And I, knowing him as I do, it doesn't surprise me. I'm tremendously proud of him um, as a friend, let alone a footballer, just tremendously proud of him and his family. And I just think it's remarkable the way the human body sometimes can be focused, the way the mind can work in a time of, of unbelievable sadness and crisis, that you can somehow overcome that. Certain individuals can do that and you can perform to the level that he did at the weekend. It was a, it was a big release, obviously, um, but it just shows just how much this club means to him, how much the supporters mean to him, the badge means to him, what his responsibilities mean to him, because that's why he could go out there and do it, because it comes from within, it comes from his heart. And, and you saw Joe Worrell open himself up, I think, on Saturday to the Forest fan base and identify who he is, what all this means. And it was just, I thought it was a tremendously humbling day as a football supporter, but more importantly, as, as one of Joe's friends. Unbelievably proud of him. Um, Gary, obviously Joe was brilliant. It, it was a collective effort, as Fletch rightly says. Talk to us about um, the whole defensive effort from 1 to 11. Uh, well, I'd, I'd just reiterate, you know, and, and back what Fletcher just said. You know, I lost my wife two years ago and I think the football family comes together. You know, you can get consumed by grief. Anybody who's lost somebody... It can happen. And I always said, people said, how did you get through it? I said, well, I think the, the strength I got from football, you know, from when I played under Brian Clough and everything, everybody comes together around you and they're so supportive of you. And it, it's so important. You know, you often hear this football family, but it's true, you know, because people do wrap around you. They look after you. They back you. You know, they're there for you. And, uh, you know, it's, it's superb to see them come through that because... You know, you can, it's, like I say, you can get consumed by grief very easily. And, uh, you know, to see the performance he put on was absolutely outstanding. And your heart goes out to him and his family. Um, but the, the, the whole performance, you, you would, would go back to what you said there. You, you, you start from the front. You know, you defend from the front. That's what we always did. You know, as a striker, my job was to try and stop teams coming out from the back as much as I could. You know, and, and they, they did that on Saturday against Chelsea. From 1 to 11, all of them played the part in that game. And there was no lapses of concentration. You know, the goalkeeper hardly had to, you know, make a, 
a save of any note. And, uh, yeah, it was just... Somebody asked me, you know, how do you fancy before the game? I said, I think we'll get a point at least. But, you know, thankfully we got, uh, you know, we got more than that. And it was great to watch. And the away support, again, was just magnificent. Um, last one on Joe before I throw it to Mikey and Greg Fletch. Um, Forrest signed two defenders in the transfer window on transfer deadline. Very young, very promising players who are going to mm. want their place in time. There's a lot of competition now. And I think we saw Joe, Scott, Willie Bolly. Ryan Yates, others, they're not going to give up their place in this team easily now, are they? No, they're not. Um, and, and they've also made another, I think, vital signing, and that is that they've signed Joe to a new contract as well. But based on the week that he's had and the transfer window and all that kind of thing, um, we've not heard a great deal about it. But Joe's contract is now sorted as well, as I understand it. So he's made a long-term commitment to the club as well. Um, I mean, I don't know a great deal about Murillo. I think we'll find out about him as he goes, although I am told that he's he's very comfortable with the ball, so that might bring another element to the group. But I'm told by by people who would know, I was with Jolene Lescott and Phil Jagielka at the weekend, and both of them said that Andrew Omabamadeli is the best centre-back not playing in the Premier League at the moment, so that's a real um, encouraging sign for him. But I think this is, I mean, I mean Gary will tell you this better than anybody, that if you've got genuine competition for places in your team, these are the kind of performances that you get because players have to find 10 or 15% more because if they don't, they're going to lose their place. And if you see seven players come in on deadline day and one of them plays in your position, the likelihood is that the club are thinking that they can upgrade the position that you play at. So you have to do that. And the best teams in the Premier League, the best teams in Europe, all have competition for places in all of those areas. Forest didn't really have it last year because... They went for numbers, which was understandable. So there were certain players that knew last year that if they were fit, they were going to play. That won't apply now. I mean, the midfield area is going to be so competitive. Just when we thought we'd found the right balance in there of Yates, Danilo, Mangala, and whatever role Gibbs White plays in all of that, you now add in Sangari, who's the one that they wanted all the way through the window. And the one I've heard tremendous reports about is Nico Dominguez, the Argentine. I was speaking to Don Hutchison on Friday and Don covers Serie A um, on TNT Sports a lot prior to that BT Sport. And he watches Italian football diligently. And he said he was known in Italy as the king of the press. Now, if you can bring that kind of energy to midfield and then you've got an elite player in there in Sangari added to the other mix that we have, that becomes a really key area. And I've been a big advocate on this podcast that if they're going to change the style of play, and they're going to morph into a different-looking Premier League team. It has to come from central midfield. You have to be strong in there. You have to have the ability to play through there. And I think they've addressed that now. I think the midfield area is going to become an area of strength. They've got numbers, significant numbers at centre-back, which when you have players who are slightly fragile, and you would say near Catty, Felipe and Bolly, all fall into that category, you need players who can come in and play, maybe due to age, maybe due to fatigue, maybe due to injuries. So that's been solved. And I also love the fact that this is the second season in the Premier League and they've now got three centre-forwards. I mean, only the best sides carry four, the big squads. But you go Awani, Dibok Origi, Chris Wood, you've got three centre-forwards. I mean, all of a sudden, you've got all bases covered, pace out wide. I think they've built the squad brilliantly over the course of this summer. Last season was about depth and numbers and hoping they could hit on enough. This year has been about targeted players, good players, players who make the squad and the 11 better. And I think it's been magnificent the way they've gone about it. 
Fletch, I think, you, you know, you mentioned about competition for places. I remember when Trevor Francis came to the club and uh, me and myself and Tony, you know, were worried sick, you know, one of he was going to take one of our places. And I thought, right, it's not going to be me. I am going to do everything I possibly can to keep him out, you know, even though he is the first million pound player. Um, and, you know, he came in and played different positions. Then Tony went to Arsenal, obviously. Uh, he went to Germany and, uh, yeah, it was, but it gives you that steel to say, right, and I hope the players now are doing that. You mentioned, you know, McKenna and Bolly at the back. They're desperate to play. They want to play. And, you know, it, it does lift you, you know, thinking that somebody might be taking your place. I'd also say as well, just briefly on the back of that, when you train with better players, you become a better player too. When you're around better players, you improve. It's why when players go to big clubs, it takes them a bit of time to settle in, but then they find another level in themselves. And that'll be the case here. The competitiveness, the extra quality... I mean, you look how Ryan Yates played on Saturday. There's no way that Ryan's going to give his shirt up to anybody who's just come in based on that performance. But now he has to maintain that level game after game after game because he's got genuine competition within his own dressing room. I think it can only be good for the club. And I think it totally changes the dynamic of what we think this season was going to be and now what we think this season could potentially be. And that's only a positive. Yeah, definitely. And we'll come on to that later. I want to give everyone a chance to revise their predictions. I saw Greg talking about that on Twitter. Um, before we get to that, Mikey, um, I'll bring you in on Yates. Like Fletch rightly said, competition for places is intense. He went up against Chelsea midfielders who cost 215 million quid, I think, at the weekend. And they'll have sat in that dressing room thinking, bloody hell, that was horrible after the match. What would you say about Yates' performance? Yeah, I, I echo everything that everyone's just said, to be honest. I thought it was a, a magnificent all-round team display and, and Yates sort of epitomised what we what we set out there to do. It was my um, my first away game since we, we got promoted. I, I chose a good one, didn't I? Let's be honest. So, um, before the game, I, I was talking to um, a few friends and I think the general consensus was, a bit like what Greg said at the start, you know, the win is coming. We can smell it. We're getting better. The games are tighter than they were last season. We just need to get over the line. I'll be honest, I didn't necessarily expect it to be Saturday. Um, but I think after sort of 15, 20 minutes and you get through that initial wave of uh, aggression and pace that Chelsea gave us, I thought we grew into the game really, really nicely. And by the time half came, half, half time came, um, I was probably overly positive thinking, do you know what? There's more than a point here. Because we will get chances. We got chances in the first half. We had chances in the second half. And if we take one, the way we're defending with those back three and Willie Bolly, I don't think missed a header in both boxes on Saturday. He was magnificent. And I think we've got to put in a little bit here, Mikey, as well. Yeah. You know, the start we've had, yes, we lost two games. But the yeah. two teams we lost to, we never scored against Manchester United in four games last season. And we got beat 5-0 at Arsenal. You know, we've come so close in both those games. We're only robbed at Old Trafford by two appalling decisions. So, you know, the, the, the progress is there. It's a positive thing and it's great for everybody to look forward to the rest of the season now. It, it is, yeah. And I wrote a few things down here, which I'll, I'll just set the back of what you just said there, Gary. So, October was our uh, first uh, clean sheet away from home. Our first win away from home was January and we scored four goals by March. So, we've done all of them. And it's early September and the start that we've had, as Gary, as you rightly say, has been really difficult. And I think we all said, you know, if, if we even pick up a point, maybe two points in these run of away games, we're all going to be very happy. Well, we've, we've, we've exceeded that already. I was just delighted, Matt, with everything I saw. And I thought I thought Ryan Yates and Joe Worrell and, and the rest of the guys in that spine of the team 
really led by example. And I think um, was it was it uh, Paul Merson said um, Chelsea could have been playing till Monday and wouldn't have scored. And I think that was the general consensus in the way end. I, I genuinely think that everybody around me thought we're going to be fine here. We're defending well. Turner didn't have much to do. His positioning was better. His distribution was better. It was just eight and nines out of tens all round. I was just mm. delighted with what I saw. I'll be they missed one bit, didn't they? I mean, how mm. he missed that, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. Ah, we'll come on to that, Gary. I want to ask you about strikers in one minute. Um, Greg, how did it feel at the end, the celebrations and, and walking out? I mean, someone, a few of your friends are saying you almost started a riot, so you can respond to that if you want. But what were the celebrations like? I need to apologise to Mikey, actually. I'd not right. seen him all game and uh, a bit excited and I can only describe it as a bit of a wrestling move on him when I saw him and <laughs> gave him a bit of a hug. But uh, no, it was superb. It was absolutely brilliant. You know, Chelsea's uh, a strange home crowd, isn't it? They never really they never really give much of an atmosphere back. And uh, we sang all game as always. We stayed behind for God knows how long. And, you know, I just going back to just quickly on Joe Worrell, the way he was at the end of the game and the clear emotion and the way Steve Cooper knew he needed that, you know, push to the away fans to go, just take this, you deserve it. And um, we were talking about the way competitions come in and, you know, Yates and Worrell were the first two names before the game. People were talking about losing the places. How do you keep your places? By having arguably the best game you've ever had in a Forest shirt. It was immense. Um, and yeah, I mean, after the game, it was just brilliant, wasn't it? I don't know what those rumours are about a riot. I don't know anything about that. But yeah, sorry, Mike. Yeah, anyway. yeah, I, I think last, last season, uh, towards the end, when we stayed up, Joe Worrell was one of the main reasons for that when he came mm. in in that system. I think he was magnificent. And I think people maybe forget that a little bit. Do you know yeah. what? And it, well, one point that needs making about him when he's on the pitch, he's the voice. He's the organiser. So I think there's it's not a coincidence that since he's been a regular starter in that back three, the mental and physical lapses that we were seeing last season have been eradicated to a large extent. Because let's not forget, when Forest were conceding lots of goals last season, they were all traceable to individual or collective mistakes. It wasn't as if they were getting done by magnificent football all the time. It was people switching off, being in the wrong position, not doing the right thing. Since he's been in there, he's the organiser, he's the vocal leader, he's the captain. He knows where everybody needs to be. And if you watch Forrest being set up at a set piece or in general open play, He's the one that's always almost picking people up and putting them in the right spots to make sure that that system can work properly. And outside of the physical side of his game, the ability to win headers and win tackles, and I thought 1v1 at the weekend, he was outstanding. Whenever he was 1v1, he was outstanding. His positional play himself, he's also very good at making sure those around him are where they need to be at certain times. And that, can't, that shouldn't be underestimated because that is a huge part, that organisation, as to why this defensive shape is working as well as it is at the minute. Yeah, I know that they rode their luck a couple of times. You'd go into it at Stamford Bridge. But in general, it was as it was supposed to be. And he plays a huge part in that. And Steve Cooper gives him that responsibility when he's out there on the pitch. I think, sure. Fletch, though, I think he's got one major minor weakness. And that, has, that is he has a pop at my shirt. <laughs> Everyone has a pop at your shirt. That's most of the city in Nottingham, guys. <laughs> 
Um, right, Fletcher's got a couple of minutes before we let him go. So quickly, there's uh, 950 people watching us. So here's a subtle appeal. Subscribe uh, and do like uh, the podcast if you can. That would be very much appreciated. Fletcher, before we go, I just wanted to get your take on what you were saying earlier. Um, we did our pre-season predictions, and I remember you said you thought we'd finish 14th or 15th ballpark with the squad we had. Based on the squad we have now, how are you revising your expectations and do we still need to be patient that it remains an ongoing process? Yeah, we do. And and I think I was slightly optimistic based on, I didn't actually think that we'd get dragged into that mess at the bottom because I think there are five or six teams this season that were, even before deadline day, were weaker than, than Forest are. I think what they've done now by making the moves that they've made is they put themselves in that category of Fulham, Crystal Palace, that nice safe group where if you get one or two things go your way, you can have a, a look at the top half of the table, but you're never really going to be looking down. And I think for season two in the Premier League, that's a magnificent step. If you could draw it up, that's what you try and do. And each summer and each January, you're reducing the need to sign lots of players. You can start to focus then on what you actually need. I think next summer now, based on the season that I suspect they're going to have and finish, I don't know, 10, 12th around there and, and be nice and comfortable and we'll have some great days. I think that what they'll be able to do then next summer is target specific players of certain quality and start to spend a little bit more individuals. So they've obviously targeted Sangari at 30, 35 million. When you go into next summer and you think, right, well, I'll tell you what, what, what instead, of, instead of signing 10 or 12, why don't we sign two or three? and we'll spend 25, 30 million on each of them, and we'll make that 11 really good. Then all of a sudden, you start to get a team that, that, that flourishes in front of you. I think they're on track. I think, I know from the outside, people who don't know, look at it and go, oh, what they're doing, nobody knows what they're doing. It's not joined up, signing loads of players. We've signed 40 players, it's a shambles. When you're actually here and you see it up close, it's a lot more strategic than it looks. Last year was about numbers, I've said that. This year was about identifying certain areas where they can improve the team. And they've done that, didn't it, magnificently. I don't think they've signed a bad player over the course of, of this summer window. I think all of them fit a need. All of them improve a situation. And I think all of them will contribute as we go, some of them more than others. And I think the team now, and Steve said it after the match at the weekend, the way the team play is now able to develop because they've got better players on the pitch, more depth, and they can start to be a little bit more expansive and start to, to find themselves as a Premier League team. So I think it's been a magnificent summer. Well done to everybody in there. Well done to Ross Wilson in particular, who's only just come in. The Marinakis family have been unbelievably generous once more. Um, and the manager who is able to embrace all of this because there are certain managers in the Premier League who couldn't cope with it. I don't want that. I don't want all these players. What am I going to do? They'd be moaning like hell. But he just gets on with it, works it out, does the right thing, puts his team together. It's a very, very, very well-oiled machine, I think, in that regard, even though from the outside looking and it can look a little bit scattergun at times, I think they deserve a lot more credit than they actually get in terms of the way they put all this together. What mm. I like about it, Fletcher, is I think players are wanting to come to Forest now. Yes. That's the beauty because they can see the, the picture ahead of them, you know, the future. They, you know, they're not looking at past or whatever. Yeah, there's history there. You know, they say they're proud to be there, but they can see there's a future, you know, with Nottingham Forest rather than other teams that were in for them in the Premier League. Gaz, to back that point up, Sangari was going to be playing in the group stage of the Champions League with PSV Eindhoven. He's now at Forest. Gonzalo Montiel was going to be playing in the group stage of the Champions League with Sevilla. 
he's now at Forest. To swap the Champions League group stage for a team in the bottom half of the Premier League shows what they think about the project. Anthony Alang is delighted to be here. Callum Hudson-Odoi was happy to swap Chelsea. Origi. Origi. These are great signs. AC Milan. And it's with a view to buy. So Origi's happy with the circumstances. That tells you around Europe that people are starting to to realise that this is a good place to be. And that, that's, that's just going to help immensely when they're trying to get good players into the club. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 11.30 flight, so I don't want you to miss your tea off time. So we'll uh, let you go. You might cook in that. It's red hot out there. Not I know. Gonna... I've gone for all. I've gone for the Gary Player, all black, head to toe. I'm probably going to attract flies and heat. So I, I, well, I, look I feel Fletch. I'm sat in the open area in the boiling sunshine. Yeah, the mozzies like you as well. <laughs> yeah, right. like, they're attracted to those shirts. They'll be flying. <laughs> so, something's got to be right. <laughs> well, sure. Fletch, we'll let you go. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time and good to have See you, you with us after nice win. See you later. Bye. Right, uh, we'll skip back to the game. That was a bit jumping ahead, but I just wanted to get Fletcher's take on that. We'll touch more on the game, then we'll come back to transfers and the direction of the squad. Um, I'm going to ask Gary about strikers in a minute because I want to talk about a one-year versus Jackson. But, um, Greg, the quality of our goal, I mean, we've developed this knack of taking chances and it was a very high-calibre goal, wasn't it? How many times have I watched that replay now of the Megs? But... um... It was, again, proof of our depth in the squad. You know, we lose Danilo at the end of last year and you're like, oh, dear, uh, and we're bringing on Alanga. So these these players are just, just such good quality now that we're being able to get with the inevitable injuries that will come at some point. Uh, it was just a perfect goal. And um, hopefully it'll be... I'm not going to give match of the day too many digs this week because they were super... <laughs> But hopefully it will make the uh, goal of the month for next month because I was surprised one of ours didn't make it this month. But yeah, I could watch that all day and every day and we've got two weeks to enjoy it now. I'll ask you about Alanga shortly, Mikey, but I want to ask Gary about a one-year versus Jackson. one-year or a one now? Because it's there is a, a, a apparently it's a one now. Oh, well, I'm going to say a one-year for now. Yeah. Um, Jackson is very rough around the edges. He sort of reminds me a bit of a one year, except Tyro always had the eye for goal. But we saw, I mean, to me, Tyro would get in almost every Premier League team at the moment for me, apart from Man City, Liverpool, maybe Arsenal. I mean, the way he's playing, he's becoming an elite Premier League striker, isn't he? When he's fully fit, he's just, he's uncontrollable, really, because... He's got everything. He's got every attribute. He's not the tallest. You know, you think he is. You think he's six three. I think he's only just over six foot. Um, but my word, does he hold the play up well? He's good in the air. He backs into defenders. He's aware of what's around him, as we saw with the goal on Saturday. And he, he can finish anything. You know, he's he's good in the air. I mean, the goal he scored against Sheffield United. He, he's got that knack of taking up the right position. I watched Haaland again. I love watching Haaland, but I love watching, I'll go with you a one year at the moment, uh, that it's. I always say it's not significant movement. It's half a yard. You watch Haaland's goal, or I watch them. It's half a yard. That's all it is. It's intelligence. It's instinct, and it's brilliant. And a one year has got that as well, without a doubt. How many goals can he potentially score if he stays fit this season? Do you think? Well, how long's a piece of string? He gets in the right positions. You know, it's about instinct again. Good strikers know what to do, when to do it. You know, they, they watch their colleague in possession and they make that move early 
and uh, it's just the Manchester United game I'll take up on there was it their first goal uh, where um, at the near post where we got done there he gets across the near post you don't see a lot of strikers do that now you know Haaland does it it's instinct and you get your goals you get a number of and I, I, he'll get double figures without a doubt if he mm. stays fit and Nothing's beyond him because he's got so much good service now. Alanga coming in with that pace. Yes, we've lost Brennan's pace, but Alanga's pace. And let's let's not forget his finish. That's not an easy finish, by the way. He's got a lot to do there. Brian Clough always told me as a striker, make your mind up quickly what you're going to do. If you miss it, fine, but make your mind up early. And, you know, he did that. He slotted it beautifully. It's like the one yesterday, Jesus, you know, for Arsenal. What a fabulous goal that was. You know, he made his mind up and he, he finished it beautifully. Strikers do that. Good strikers do that. And mm. we've got one of the, I think, the best in the Premier League at the moment. One of the most consistent. Um, Gary mentions the quality of the finish from Elanga, Mikey. I think coming to coming from United, speaking to someone, uh, someone who covers them, the end product was always the question mark. And we, we actually probably saw that within this game. His decisions let him down a little bit. But we saw also the raw potential and the player he can be, didn't we? Yeah, we did. He, he he passed that ball into the net, didn't he? Wasn't didn't strike. He just literally just whipped it straight into the corner. I think he's um, his his pace is explosive. You saw when they lost the ball, his initial reaction was, and I think he said this on match of the day, didn't he? Just attack the space, just quickly run, attack the space. Tyrell's ball through to him was great, and like I said, a really sort of cool and, and composed finish. Um, going back to what Greg said as well around you know options off the bench. I was thinking once Steve Cooper's had, you know, 10, 12 days to, to gel some of these new signings, be really interested to see what the bench looks like for the next for the next home game, because it could be the strongest bench. Really, in fact, it will be the strongest bench we've probably ever seen since we got promoted. Um, and it goes back again to Greg's point, which is, you know, you, when you come on, you've got to make that impact. So be it Chris Wood that came on for half an hour, worked really, really hard. Alanga obviously came on, scored the goal. Um, and then obviously the substitutions. It was nice to see Tavares get a run. He looks, he looks a decent player. Um, and then we shut the game down. But yeah, for me, it's all about options. And Alanga, you know, Johnson, nobody wanted to lose Brendan Johnson, of course. You know, however, he's got the move to, a, you know, a, a possible, probable big top uh, top six side. Um, I'm sure we do absolutely fine there. But we do have options. So Alanga's one of them. I also want to shout out Callum Hudson-Odoi for, what was it, three million quid, five million quid? That is an unbelievable piece of business. I'm pretty sure that Chelsea turned down 50, 60 million from Bayern a few seasons ago. So there's obviously a hell of a player in there and he's worked with Cooper before. So if you think we have a Langer on one side, potentially at home, Callum Hudson-Odoi on the other side and Big Tyler what front. I mean, there's not many better front threes than that. What, you look <laughs> about the combination for the goal on Saturday mm-hmm. and the previous one against Arsenal, you know, vice versa, you know, that, that combination's paying off already, you know, between uh, Alanga and Awanyi. It, it's when you've got pace of those two going at defenders, defenders hate pace. That's one thing they hate more, more than anything. And, you know, you saw the desire from Awanyi against Arsenal. That's what I love to see. You know, sometimes you watch people and think, oh, why didn't he get in there? Why didn't he, you know, break his neck to get... But one you did that against Arsenal, and that just shows the desire. And I think that comes from the manager, you know, right throughout the squad, what he what he demands of the squad, and they they just respond to that. The players, and like Fletch, I'll go back to what he said about the whole football club at the moment. You know, the Maranakis family, you know, 
keep backing and backing and backing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just paying off at the moment. You can see that. It's never going to come overnight. It's not, it's not going to be a, a stampede or a rush. You know, it takes time. It doesn't happen that quickly. It's the Premier League we're talking about. But Forrest are doing it gradually, and it's it's working gradually as well. It's uh, nobody wants to play Forrest at the moment. I don't think. Um, I'll come to you, Greg, in one sec. There's 990 people watching, which is brilliant. It's great to get over a thousand. There's only 80 likes, so do us a favour and give us a like. That'd be appreciated. Um, Greg, last one on the game uh, before we move on to transfers and going forwards. Are you happy with Alanga as a sub still, as can make an impact off the bench, or would you like to see him start in games now? Uh, well, it depends on Danilo as well, doesn't it? But I think um, I think he's absolutely made his case in the first couple of games to get a start. Uh, and these couple of weeks, I don't think he's going away anywhere, is he? I know a lot of them are. Mm. Uh, they might have a real good look to see how it, just where his fitness is and if he can do the 90 minutes. He had a brilliant interview after the game, uh, well worth a watch. And even he understood exactly where he was and how he keeps working to get that start. And it's just brilliant to to hear a player with such a level head know exactly where he is and where he wants to be. So, uh, yeah, I don't think he's far away at all from starting. Um, Simon says there's 208 likes. I think I can only see the Facebook likes in that case, Simon. Sorry about that. Um, right, let's talk about transfer deadline day and the way we're going forwards. Um, I mean, I think it's fascinating the way we've done it. Like Fletch said, it looks chaotic from the outside, but I don't think it is. I think there's a base of a squad in place and we've added quality. Um, what did you make of transfer deadline day, adding those seven players in rapid succession, Gary? I think it goes back to how many we signed, the record number. That's what people are always taking the mickey about, weren't they, from other football clubs? Oh, you've signed the record number, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and that helped us out last season because of the injuries we got, funnily enough. Um, and then you look to write, what can we add to this squad? What's the quality we're looking for? And that's what we've done this season. That's what Steve and everybody behind the scenes have done. Um, you know, it's it's evident to see. I mean, people say the gamble was a couple of nods and a doy. You know, he's probably uh, not achieved what he wants to in the game of football at the moment. Origi scored massively important goals for Liverpool. But they are players who I think can prosper under Steve and playing for Nottingham Forest without a doubt. Mm. Um, I guess, Mikey, for you, Sangare's got to be the headline signing, hasn't he? He's what, what we've been crying out for for over a year, really, a defensive midfielder who can elevate the team. I still can't believe we've got him, to be perfectly honest. I probably won't believe it until I see him step out on the pitch. I think um, for those that have, have watched him, I've, I've seen him a few times um, in the qualifiers to him a bit last season when we were first linked with him. He is an absolute machine in that midfield and he is one that could take us to the next level or, or, or certainly elevate the players around him as well. He's he's one that, I won't say it was a pipe dream, but he's one that you're thinking, well, maybe maybe next season if we stay up, you know, we can attract people like that. And Fletcher's point around, you know, he's in the um, Champions League qualifiers and he swapped that to come here, I think just says everything you need to know about what we're trying to do. So I'm absolutely um, over the moon with the business that we did throughout that transfer window. He's obviously probably the, the landmark statement signing. But I will go back to what I said about Callum hudson Adoy. I think even if it, that fails, it's a no-brainer in terms of the amount that it's cost us to bring in, the fact that he's worked with Cooper before and he plays in the position where we've just lost Brennan Johnson. So for me, that was my key piece of business but Sangar is, is or I think that's how you pronounce his name he is a 
a serious football player. So if we can get the mix around him right, with with a little Santos as well, there's Yatesy, Mangala, Danilo, so many options in that in that central midfield. And I'm pretty sure now that as we go through the season, those possession stats of 60-40, 65-35 will start flipping the other direction, certainly at home. And I think that's what's needed to, to take us to the next level. I thought it was a great window, Matt. The best the best I've probably ever seen at Forest, unless somebody can quote me one that's, that's more productive and better than that. And that includes losing arguably our best player. But I think it was, it was needed. Uh, I wish him all the best, but I think what we've done with that finance and the way we've strengthened the entire squad will pay dividends for the season. I think it was great. Brilliant, brilliant window. Yes, we'll come on to outgoings in a minute, obviously, with um, Brennan. Um, Greg, did we kind of see the value of patience? We'd, sp- we'd spoken about quality over quantity and people were getting, the people were tearing their hair out in mid-July that we hadn't signed anyone. And then it gets to deadline day and we, we finally added probably what we needed to take us to the next level within this league, do you think? Yeah, I didn't even expect seven on deadline day and there's there's ones that weren't spoken about at all. So it's good that we can still keep it within, you know, if we need to. Um, And the other thing, the other surprise for me was the fact, the story on Saturday that came out about um, Chalabar, Mm. that we were ready to offer 25 million. I think it was agreed with Chelsea. The player just decided... He didn't want it, so it shows already. don't know whether it's a good thing to show other teams that, but we've got more money to go when January hits, and if we need it, we're going to strengthen again. It's like we are that team, that squad, that that football club that's clearly trying to progress up that league, and uh, it's just exciting times, isn't it? Yeah, oh, definitely. I think we got Armour by instead, but, um, I mean, that's one thing, Gary, that I've sort of been critical of, is not planning ahead. We see Brighton, always reference Brighton, signing a player for the next window. But it feels like with Murillo and Omar Bamadeli, with McKenna, Bolly and other players out of contract, Felipe, it feels like they've already put a succession plan in place, which is only a good thing, isn't it? You always have to plan well ahead. You know, anybody will tell you that in the Premier League, especially in the Premier League, you have to do that. And I think most teams have an A list, a B list, a C list or whatever. And, uh, you know, Forrest have obviously pick the players they want and thank goodness the players have wanted to come to the football club and why shouldn't they? You know, there's a there's a vision there. You know, they've got a, an owner who wants it to be very, very successful. That's why he bought the football club. And, uh, you know, he's, like I say, it's never going to be a stampede. It's It's got to be a gradual thing. If it's, you could say that because, you know, when Brian Clough was in, in manager, they went straight up from the championship and won the Premier League, but that's never going to happen again. That was just a one-off. You know, it doesn't happen like that. Um, you know, you struggle when you come up from the championship. And, um, you know, at the moment, I, after staying up, they've had a really productive summer out of the game, you know, discussing what's needed. You can see that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's bearing the fruits now. Um, just talking about some of the outgoings, Brennan would be the headline one, Mikey. With everything taken into account and the signings we made, was it the right decision to sell? Um, head probably says yes, hot, maybe no, because you never want to sell your best players, especially ones that have been with the club since they were a kid and you've seen grow up in front of your eyes. But but I think the club he's gone to um, will suit him. I think there's obviously a, 
uh, a void there with Harry Kane leaving. He's not going to play the Harry Kane position, but there's, there's opportunity for him to play football games there. I would have been less complimentary if maybe he'd have gone to Greg's favourite club, Brentford, for example. Um, wouldn't have really understood that, but I think I think the moves, move will be good for him. Um, and I think it was needed to keep us along those right lines of financial fair play. And like Greg says, you know, there's, there's no lack of ambition or investment with the owners and uh, the support structure around that, that we, we spent a lot of money to replace not just that position with Callum Hudson-Odori, for example, but we strengthened other areas of the pitch that were well needed. So, yeah, outgoings, Brennan's obviously the key one. I also like the fact that we... Um, some of those that are just around the periphery, so Lewis O'Brien, uh, Hwang, they've got themselves moves. They're going to play uh, some football this season. There's obviously one or two others, which I'm sure we'll talk about, which may move on. You know, not every window is shut. I think I might get this wrong. The Belgian window might be still open. Obviously, Saudi still open. So there's opportunities there for a few more if, if they feel they're not going to get a, a, a chance at Forest to move on. And then I think what you'll see in January is just fine tweaking, although I'm sure I say this every window. Oh, I just, <laughs> I know, what am I saying? But what I'd like to see is fine tweaking, um, with maybe a few more going out, one or two coming in to balance what, what is, the, is the makeup of already what looks to be a real good, solid mid-table team. So, yeah, Brennan's the key highlight, but um, I'm just pleased for some of the others, especially Lewis O'Brien. You know, I think he got harshly, um, it, it was a bit harsh for him last season um, about how it fell through on deadline day. But, um uh, I'm glad he's gone to play some football and a few others as well. So I just thought it was a great window, Matt, like I said before. Uh, good good all round. I think the one that surprised me was Sam Surridge. You know, I think he's he's got a lot to offer somebody, you know, in, in this country still. So that was the big surprise for me. But, you know, you do what you have to and, you know, you don't know the circumstances behind it. But I'm surprised nobody came in for him. And, uh, you know, especially championship-wise, because we saw what a great finisher he was last season for us. Can I, um, can I add something on Sam? Actually, now you've mentioned it. Um, hopefully I'm not betraying anybody's confidence. I spoke to somebody who knows him a few weeks ago and and they said that he, he was just really keen on America. I think he'd never been there before. He'd been there once. He just absolutely loved it. So I think it was maybe just right for him. But I agree with you, Gary. I, I was I was very surprised. I thought there'd be loads sniffing around him. But I think by all accounts, he's, he really wanted to make make the move and go and experience a different different culture, different heat. He's so, doing it for me. You know, Messi could have gone to, uh, you know, Saudi and, and made an absolute fortune. He likes America. He thought he'd be better for his family. Fair play. And look what he's doing for them. True. He's doing great. I mean, there's so many comments. I can't read them all. But there's one from Tony that says, does Matt get straight out of bed for these podcasts? So thanks, Tony. No, I need. I know I need a haircut really badly. Uh, the place I go was closed uh, last week. So I can't. Uh, no, no, well, it's no excuse for that. No, I... I do uh, take my kids to school <laughs> and have breakfast and everything. But I do look like hell, I know. Um, right, how will Brennan be remembered, Greg? What do you? What's his legacy? It's not a right word for someone's here for such a short time. But what, how would how would should we reflect on him? I'm not certain we get promoted without him. I know we'd never know, but if he, I mean, he's been here since he was a kid, hasn't he? And I don't think. Without him in the championship, we got promoted. And then last year, if he was out for a long time, it could have been the difference, couldn't it? So he'll be remembered for not only, you know, getting us help, getting us promoted and keeping us up, but also the money we've got in and what we're able to do with that money. It will just be, you know, it will be uh, very, very important to us. And I hope he goes on, you know, to start lifting some trophies. No, it's not the perfect club to do that, but... but um, 
yeah, it'd be great seeing just keep getting more and more success as long as it's not against us. Um, in terms of the last sale I want to ask about, Gary, was Froiler. Um, we do we swapped him for Dominguez. I haven't seen too much Dominguez. He looks great on videos and on paper. Is that smart business, do you think? Just going back to Brennan, I think last season without Brennan, we could have been relegated. I think we'd have been in quite a big trouble without his goals. I mean, that's how important he was to us. You know, obviously, when a one you got fit, it, it, you know, it helped out a lot, but he was magnificent. Um, yeah, Froiler, he split opinions, didn't he? Mm. Um, I, 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 I was told, I mean, he's got 58 caps for his country. And I always thought he was a bit negative for me. Um, and other people said when he plays in a forward, a forward, more forward position, he looks a different player. So I, I, it's difficult to uh, you know assess on you know what you saw of him. Um, but you just want to see every player who comes and goes just you know fulfil their careers, you know, and go and play somewhere where they feel comfortable. And yeah, I, I think it was a good bit of business. And you know the players have come in, who've come in, just look you know exciting. They look. I can't wait to see them. I can't wait to see the, you know, after, I think the international breaks come, to, you know, at the wrong time, really. Um, yes, Steve will be able to work with some of the new signings, but, you know, a lot of them are going to be away on international duty. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be um, terrific to see what lies ahead. And I think every Forest fan has got a massive smile on the face because of that. Uh, someone made a good point in the comments, and it was on my notes. I think it was uh, Andrew saying, um, Mikey, one of the positives is because, like I was saying, we've got this baseline squad in place and we're coming off this great result. Cooper doesn't have to, and I don't think he will, throw all these new signings in at once. I mean, I'm sure Sangari will come straight back in or straight in. But the others, we can kind of integrate in time and bring them up to speed gradually, can't we? Yeah, we can. I, th- I was thinking that as well, actually. That's a really good point. Um, I think, you know, off the back of... Uh, the, the in relatively good performances that we've seen at the start of this season, obviously the result on Saturday, there is no dire need to chuck all these all these uh, people straight into the team. And I don't think he'll do that anyway. I think other than maybe Chris Wood, I think, started the day he signed. I don't think he's he's one for doing that, is he, anyway? So um, I, think, I think you'll see a gradual integration. You know, you guys were talking around the, the bit of forward planning from Forrest around the centre-back area. Uh, yeah, I absolutely concur with that. I think you'll see um, Murillo and the Norwich ladder, I can't pronounce his name, um, eventually come into the team. Uh, I think Murillo's left-footed. So, mm. you know, any doubts around McKenna leaving, Willie Bolly, near Cate's fitness, I think you'll eventually see a, an evolution of, of that back line. But I think with the, with the midfield and the forward options, I just think they'll be drip-fed in. You know, the, the Premier League is, is um, unforgiving at times. And, and there are runs when it gets a bit colder not like today, but when it gets a bit colder and you're playing two, three games a week, that, that's when you really see um, uh, all the positivity that, that comes with all these all these new signings. And hopefully when we rotate the team, it won't weaken it in any way. But, but I do think, you know, I'm not going to contradict myself, but I will say this. So the next couple of home games, I think, are very, very winnable games. And we owe Burnley one from what we did to us in the Cup. So I wouldn't chuck all of them in, but I certainly would get Sangari in the team as soon as I can because I, I think he's an absolute machine. So get him in there. And I, and I, I would like to see maybe a slightly further up the pitch. So whether that means a back four with Alanga and Hudson-Odoi coming in or just Alanga. But I just think on that game and maybe even Brentford, 
uh, a bit more of a foot, sort of front foot approach would be really welcome from the fans. But like I said, do you change a winning team? That's the question, mm. isn't it? So, mm. Who you drop out of them? I mean, they were all brilliant on Saturday. So. Mm. Well, Danilo's injury probably does open up at least one space, I would imagine. Um, one slight potential concern, Greg, is I know, like Mikey said, the Saudi window is still open. Turkey, the US, Belgium, I think he said as well, is right. There are some exit routes still, but we do still have uh, too many players. Some players like Bianconi, Dennis, Shelby, maybe Coyote. Players are on good money. Someone's going to miss out. Any worry long term that we're still stockpiling these players? Yeah, but we're trying to address it, aren't we? It's just you can't get rid of a player if they don't want to go and if there's nowhere willing to take them. So, uh, yeah, that is clearly going to be addressed. Um, It's certainly not a concern that these windows are still open because it might be a a place to put a couple of them. But, uh, yeah, they're not going to be affecting the the squad as such, are they? Um, The only... The only other issue is the likes of last year when, um, oh God, I forgot all the names now, (laughs) when the defender had to miss out and then we had the injuries. And so obviously you're struggling straight away then. So we won't want that situation to happen. But our injuries, touch wood, they're not going to be the same as last year. We're not going to have to go through that again. Mm. Um, So no, I'm not not concerned at all, really. Um, How long, Gary, before we were able to see the best of this new look squad? We... We can't just expect it to click straight away. Steve Cooper's still got to work out combinations. He's starting from scratch in midfield, arguably, as well. It's going to take a bit of time. It's it's about fitness levels with the Premier League as well. You can't just throw people in. You know, some of the best players who've come over to play in the Premier League, you know, have not uh, acclimatised straight away. It's the nature of the Premier League. We know what it's like. Uh, so I think this break at this point to, to get the right training sessions in with the players he's got available uh, is so important. You know, so they can and, and maybe get them. I don't know if they're going to play any friendlies, you know, during this break. Uh, but that would be good for if, we, if they could get any games in like that. And, you know, Steve's an intelligent man and uh, he will integrate when he thinks it's right to integrate. And there are going to be injuries. You know, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you look at last season, the two centre-halves that went off after seven minutes. You know, who's seen that before? The, these things can happen. And it's great that with the knowledge, the, the quality of the players that have come in, that any of them can just step in at any given time and feel comfortable on that pitch because they are that sort of player. And it could reignite the careers of Origi, Hudson-Odoi, you know, because they'll want to prove a point. And I, I, I think in that respect, you know, the blend of the players that have come in, you know, we've mentioned the, the quality of them, but I think there's a real difference in the, yeah, the, the number of players that have come in, but their different abilities and what they bring to the, you know, the football club and the Premier League. That's what I'm excited about. And um, it's all about possession in midfield. And I think some of the goals last season we gave away, I always say we've, we've conceded a lot of avoidable goals. You know, the best teams in world football keep the ball better than the other teams. And I think we can do that. You know, we've got those players who are coming in who have got that ability to retain possession, want possession in tight areas, be able to have that awareness around them. You know, you look at the Man Cities, you look at the Man Uniteds and the Man, uh, the Arsenals and them, they, they just know what's going on around them. It, it looks fluid, it looks easy. And I think the personnel Steve's brought in and the club have brought in, you know, will adapt to the Premier League no problem at all. 
Um, one final topic to touch on, which was raised at the weekend and is raised relentlessly uh, in the comments on here, is the style of play and um, talking about Forrest being too negative. These new signings do open a lot of doors and it was something Cooper was asked about at the weekend. So I'm just going to play a quick clip on that and then we'll spend a couple of minutes discussing it. So here's the manager after the Chelsea game again. Um, we want to grow as a club and, and staying in the league last year has, has, has given us an opportunity to do that in every aspect including, you know, I've already said it, the, the level of the team, the level of player, the, the strength and depth and um, and the style, you know, because you, you you have to be able to do everything really in the Premier League to, 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 to win games. Um, so that's what we've done, you know, great support from, from the, the owner, which is what he's always done. And um, it's allowed us now to or give us the opportunity to try and do that, you know. So it's 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 on us, you know. We've got to really think now how we want the team to look. We we are, I think we have a possibility now to play a variety of formations. We've we've played with the back three, and today I think that was the the right plan. One or two other games maybe it wasn't the right thing, but we felt that we had to. Um, but it's just give us good variety now to become a real flexible team. In um, I mean, a lot of people have moaned about how we played. I, I've not seen it because. Ostensibly, the team we've had at the start of this season was worse than the one that finished last season, arguably. So I can understand why they've done it. But now they've got this new squad, Greg, do you look forward to games with the back four at times, games where we have more of the ball? It, it feels an exciting few months ahead, do you think? Yeah, I mean, 24% possession, I think, against Chelsea, which isn't too bad, if I'm honest. But um, someone made a good point, I can't remember where I read it, about people like Worrell will be really good away from home. But when we're playing, you know, teams that we can get at a little bit more, we've now got those other options to, you know, get up the pitch a bit more, a little bit more speed. So um, I think we're just going to adapt to whoever we're playing. Our away performance aren't going to change that dramatically just because of the quality of teams we're playing. And um, But I think at home we might see a little bit of a different a difference, but it's going to take time. We don't want to be changing something when we're only just finding the formula. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Mikey, so, go on, Gary, that's sorry. So, that's just so overrated. You know, possession stats especially <clears> because <throat> the number of passes that go across back fours, back to the goalkeeper, you know, you see it every Saturday and that they, those possession stats go into that. So, I just you ignore it. It's what, what, you know, you see this result on Saturday, Chelsea nil, Forest one. Possession stats mean nothing. You know, we won one nil, you know, and, and deservedly so. We've said that already. So that means nothing. You know, we should have got something at Manchester United. The stats were against us then as well. You know, we've got something in that team at the moment without the new signings that can hurt people. And and it's continued to hurt teams at the moment. And they know that. Teams know that. When they play against a one-year Langer, people like that. When Brennan was here, Gibbs White, you know, in that final third, we can make things happen. And that's what you have to do in the Premier League. That's the difference between, you know, the best teams, the middle teams and the bottom teams. You know, that creative ability in and around that final third. And we will certainly have that without a doubt. And we've got that counter-attack, which is so threatening. Yeah, I mean, I do. I am someone who sees some value in XG, but at the weekend, it was like we were 0.8 and they were 2.2. And that's nonsense because they missed one massive chance. But otherwise, I thought we were fully deserving of at least a point and certainly and, and the win as well. Um, Mikey, I was going to say, the way Cooper wants to play, the whole team built on athleticism, which is one of the reasons I think Freuler fell short. Now he's got Sangare, he's got Dominguez, he's got Elanga. 
the the pieces are, are there to play these different formations and styles now, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I mean, he said it himself in the clip that you, that you played, Matt. You know, I think I think he now feels that he will have those options to be to be more creative when we need to be to play those different formations. But I, but I'm with you. In fact, I'm with all, all of you in terms of what you're saying. I think you'll just see a gradual evolution of the style. So mm. I'm not expecting as much as I'd love to see us absolutely go and try and kill a team at home. I'm not expecting realistically that to happen initially. But I do think as we go throughout the season, um, players become accustomed to, you know, living in Nottingham or around Nottingham and, you know, what playing for this club means. Um, I, I do think you just see a, a gradual evolution, but I wouldn't expect us to be, you know, a back five and 20% possession one game and then in two weeks' time, 70% possession and a back four. It's just not going to happen. But, but you will see that that adjustment. I have no doubt about that because he's, he's got the pieces on the chessboard now, hasn't he? He's got... You know, if he wants to be more aggressive, he can be. He, he almost alluded to it himself, didn't he, when he said, look, I kind of knew it wasn't right to play that, but I kind of had to do it because of what we had in place. Well, now we've had such a successful window. I think everybody kind of agrees with that. I'm sure he's gone away and he's thinking, well, now I can. Now I can with 30 minutes to go get another striker on. Or I can go to a back four, maybe 10, 15 minutes earlier than I did before. And I think you'll see that. So all I would say to everybody is... Um, I think we know where we want to be. We know we want to be more aggressive, certainly at, at home. I'm kind of with Gary. I'm not that bothered about possession. It's more around sustainability of patterns of play and stuff. I'd just like us to be slightly more front foot, certainly at home. Don't mind the way we play at home at all, especially against the big teams. I, I wouldn't really expect that to change. But like I said, more options now, more fluidity. And I just think we're going to have a really successful season. I'm, I'm still... Well, I'm still obviously buzzing from Saturday, but more from for the transfer window. I just think you look at that squad now, and you know, in, in this that 24, 25 going round on Twitter, you can see those names. Just compare it to where we were six months ago or twelve months ago. You know, the fact we we're bottom of the championship two years ago this month. You know, just just look at how far we've come as as a team and a club and a, as a city. You know, it's just so exciting, as Greg says, to to look at that now and thinking, crikey, what is possible? You know, maybe my prediction of 15th was a bit too pessimistic. Maybe I will revisit it. But I'm not one to, to jump the gun. And I do think it will take time and we'll have, you know, blooded noses occasionally that we have to get over. But I am really excited to see that bench in that first game. I'll be honest with you. I, I want to see the bench because it's the options, isn't it? So we can all debate now around, well, what, what do we do? How attacking do we be? Um, and I think he's got, the, like I said, he's got the pieces now. So I think everybody's... Uh, Everybody's hey. positive and say same to Cooper. Talking about buzzing and attacking, I'm being attacked by buzzing insects around here, by the way. People <laughs> flying at me and landing on me. We've only got a couple of minutes left, don't worry, then you can run. Um, yeah, and I think you're dead right, Mikey. Evolution, not revolution. I don't think the Burnley or certainly Man City will see too much difference, but come that Brentford game, then I think, yeah, we'll start to see those different pieces being put into place. Right, uh, last couple of minutes. Um, we've got a bit of time for any other business. Uh, anything you want to add, Greg, before we go? Not yeah, a few things. I do want to shout out Willie Bolly as well, because like one of his tackles on Saturday was incredible. It could have gone so wrong, but he was superb again. Uh, any other business? Uh, our glorious banners, the guy who did all the... The amazing books, well, the amazing book last season and then the one uh, at the end of this season. 
uh, he's just donated £19,327 to the PDSA. That's on the back of £25,000 last year uh, for the Robin Hood Fund. You've had Simon on before. You know, he's a great guy. And I just think that's absolutely incredible. He's also gave us, Forza, the ability to start planning now for some uh, exciting little projects because he's also uh, helped us with our funding massively. So just a, a huge shout out for him and what he's done and what he's continuing to do with his new projects with the the old school cameras. So that's going to be interesting. And uh, my mate Tuts came over from Australia for the game on <laughs> Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> last uh, the last away game he went to was Wembley, so he loves his one nil wins, and uh, it was great to see him. Uh, and then just my last one, uh, I know last year now he's getting bitten to death here. I want to see these bites. Um, <laughs> one more, one more. Uh, just my sister. She's back to work today. I know last year quite a few of you asked me and followed her story. And uh, after a long, long year of of fighting, she's gone back to work today at the school she loves working at. So just delighted for her and shout out to her. And I'm done. That's it. <laughs> Good. Uh, well done, Simon. Well done, Hayley. Great to hear on those things. Um, Mikey, anything to add before we go? Um, just then, I, I shout out a few people who, who came up and said hello on Saturday. So Martin, James, a few other, few other people. So um, no, it, like I said, it was my first uh, first away game, and uh, I absolutely enjoyed it and loved it. And I, I, I almost forgot how good the fans are away from home. I mean, they're incredible at home, but away from home, it's like it's raucous, isn't it? They, they just don't shut up. It's unbelievable. I, I I just enjoyed it, regardless of the result. You know, we could have lost. Just the fans from minute one even through to uh, the evening in London when I was still there. Just loads of Forest fans still buzzing around. So hope everybody had a great time because I certainly did. Absolutely. Love the, the camaraderie of a win and what it does for you, even or even like a, a, any kind of away game, I'm sure. Not that I get to go to many. Uh, Gary, anything before we go? Just a big thank you to Nick Randall, the outgoing chairman of Forest. I think he's done an excellent job over the past five years. And, and uh, you know, hopefully... Uh, Good luck to the uh, incoming chairman and uh, what a start to his chairmanship. Absolutely. <laughs> Gary, you, I saw you obviously before the Burnley game and you were wondering whether you were going to get in. I take it you you got in and met the new chairman there. No, I, wasn't, I, I, I was always gonna, <laughs> just joking with you there. But uh, yeah. at that point, the point I sh- saw you there, I got new shoes on and my heels were killing me. I could hardly <laughs> walk when I walked from the railway station. So, uh, yeah, I was in agony. Uh, good couple of quick ones for me before we go uh, like I said subscribe do do us a favour uh, also happy birthday to my dad 65 yesterday who says he watches all these so I'll test by seeing if he actually does and see if he thanks me for that and also uh, my granddad who's in his 90s who watches these on YouTube I was at his house last week and I had to re retune his internet so he could keep watching him uh, we'll keep watching us so it's good to have him with us and all of you as well over a thousand watching uh, today which is brilliant obviously the power of a win, the power of a good transfer window. Lots of exciting times. Uh, Greg's predicting top four now. Uh, where are you predicting? Give us a quick number, Greg, quickly before we go. Uh, I think it's still 10. I'm, well, I'll say top 10. That's fair, because we're going to strengthen again in January. We'll be the team. We need to start listening to what the owner says about we can't just be happy and complacent about where we are. We can't be saying it's OK after a loss. And I love that. I love that attitude. So 
why not? Let's see how we get on until January. And then if and when we need strength, then we'll do it again and we'll keep doing it. I'm going to have so to go to come out the undergrowth. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, I'm going to let you go. I'll let you go. Wait. Thank you. Don't disappear, Mikey. But it's been great having you with us, Gary. We'll see you soon. Pleasure. See you later, Cheers. Jeff. See you later. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Uh, Mikey, don't disappear. We'll keep going for one more minute. Give us give us a number as well. So I initially predicted 15th. I'm going to revise that now and say we will get to 13th. Um, however, um, uh, no, I'm going to say 13th. I was I was I was thinking that just get get me like kind of like a level pegging and not push the top 10 because I'll end up sounding sounding like Greg. But I do think it will be comfortable 13th almost like the top of the bottom half, if you know what I mean. And I don't think we'll be in any relegation trouble whatsoever. So if I can change mine to 13th, please, with no relegation worries at all. That's my caveat. Uh, I'm going to have a look at the Premier League table. I think, yeah, I, I don't want to get too carried away. I mean, when you look, obviously there's the top four, or really big two, Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, we're not going to challenge them. Like Fletcher, there's a clutch of teams. I actually think we're full of uh, overrated this season, but... I think we can challenge where Brentford are, where West Ham are, where Palace are, which would put us 11th or so, or maybe 10th. But I don't want to get carried away. You look at Brighton's squad, you look at Newcastle squad, you look at Villa's squad. They're all very good. Chelsea have spent a billion pounds to go backwards. So there's no guarantees of success, but I feel like we've laid the foundations. And we certainly, I touch wood, we don't need to worry about relegation. I watched Wolves yesterday. Terrible. Burnley are what we were at the start of last season, naive and wide open. Luton, brave but terrible. Sheffield United, brave but terrible. Everton, a mess. So I hope we're above them and we're in that clutch of teams challenging to be in the top of the bottom half. And I think that counts as a great season, personally. And like we keep saying, evolution, not revolution, and we'll keep pushing on. And maybe maybe we'll win the FA Cup. Let's go to Wembley again. Uh, You never know. (laughs) Right, we'll leave it there. Thanks for everyone who's watched along. Loads of comments, too many to read, um, uh, You know, apart from the one insulting my uh, appearance, but that's fine. Uh, Greg, thank you very much. Cheers, mate. Enjoyed that. Yeah, very much enjoyed it. Uh, Mikey, thank you. Yeah, cheers, Matt. Cheers, Greg. That was great. Really enjoyed it. Uh, have a good few days, everyone. It's the international break, so I'm not sure what the plan is. We'll be back next Monday with something uh, I'm not sure about the Thursday show but um, we'll see what we can do but this has been brilliant we love a win we love an away win and uh, let's see how Forest kick on after the break thanks very much see you soon <laughs>